Hello, welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm Casey Rossi, your transformative business coach. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. This is Casey Rossi here, your transformative business coach. My guest today is Lauren Andrews. She is a registered nurse and clinical aromatherapist. She is also the founder and president of Aeromed in central Vermont. She has two locations, one on State Street in Montpelier, Vermont, and then a newer location in the Berlin Mall. So I'm so excited to dive in. Welcome, Lauren. Hi. How are you doing, Casey? I'm good. It's so nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm really excited. I know that the listeners are going to really enjoy. You're full of lots of information. You're a forever learner like myself. So I'm super excited to kind of dig into your background. And before we kind of get too deep, I would love it if you could just share with us a little bit about who you are and what brought you to this world of healing. Yes, yes, thank you. Well, uh, I worked for years and years as a, a psychiatric nurse in, uh, in acute care settings, um, working with people with serious mental illness. And it was through my work as a psych nurse that we started, myself and a group of like-minded nurses, were feeling kind of frustrated with our options, the things that we could offer our patients to help them self-soothe, you know, to help them with their anxiety or um, lethargy, uh, brain fog, agitation. And so we developed a, a sensory, a sensory uh, program where when patients were feeling this way, we could offer them things like meditation or yoga, uh, animal therapies, oh, cool. therapy, yeah, all of those things. And, and we had all these sensory interventions, but we didn't have anything for olfaction. Mm. The sense of smell is a very powerful sense. And so that's when I dusted off some essential oils that I got at some party and I was like, see what we can do with these. And so um, I started making nasal inhalers uh, for patients and, and doing small group work around it with what I had learned about those particular oils. And the aromatherapy program became extremely popular very quickly. And it was really obvious that, you know, I was onto something that was pretty, pretty effective. And uh, that didn't have any negative side effects and was empowering to patients to be able to um, take care of their own needs without constantly asking for medications. And That's I have impression I'm anti-pharmaceutical because I'm not. I think there are times when pharmaceutical completely appropriate. But uh, I also think that sometimes we lean on them too heavily when it's really things like something like an essential oil can work just as effectively, like lavender can work just as effectively as an Ativan. Amazing. That yeah. is so yeah. exciting. Where you were, were they open to this kind of alternative route? It's interesting. The, uh, the doctors were all about it, uh, which I didn't expect. And, and some of the nurses who were a bit more um, traditional Western backgrounds weren't quite as open to it. But uh, without exaggeration, I'll tell you within two weeks, um, any naysayers were on board because it was help, it was working. Yeah, the results speak for themselves. I think that you're right. You can pretty much turn around any doubter when they see the power and they see the true um, 
efficacy like right in front of their eyes. Do you yeah. have a story? I'm sure you have loads of them, but specifically in your psych arena before you kind of transitioned out of seeing a turnaround of seeing someone that was on maybe a pharmaceutical and, and what happened when they came to this other route? I do actually. There's one story that stands out the most. Uh, we had a, a, a favored patient who suffered from schizoaffective disorder and he, um, was almost very childlike in her uh, in her presentation. She was very sweet, but very very sick. And uh, what would happen is that we'd have visitation hours, and during visitation hours, she would get really ramped up and uh, would be intrusive with other people when they're trying to visit with their families and their friends, and she would be constantly intruding with them. Um, so at that point, we very often before. Um, hours, we would give her an Ativan in anticipation that she was going to have difficulty. And um, what we decided to try instead, um, she and I worked together, we made a beautiful lavender lotion. And uh, instead of giving her the Ativan, right for um, visitation would happen, visiting hours, she, we would have her go to her room and put on her lavender lotion. Mm just this self-soothing act of self-care. Um, and it, it came to a point where she would be less intrusive. Um, she felt special that she was having this special time with herself and with staff. And she didn't need the, the benzodiazepines anymore during visiting hours. So we were able to decrease the number of PRN medications that she was taking using lavender. That's incredible. I think that's so amazing. And I think the other piece is the self-care aspect, that empowerment, you know, yeah. where you're not looking outside for somebody else to fix you or to heal you. And I, I find that that's probably as potent of part of the healing modality in that. Do you agree? I absolutely agree. Um, especially, you know, like in that psych setting that I was working or even in the, now I'm working in retail settings. I, I, um, retired from psych nursing about three years ago and devoted myself doing uh, aromatherapy and CBD therapies full time about three years ago. And it was a great decision for me, mm. but you know, I'll, I'll always be a psych nurse. Yeah, absolutely. Go away. <laughs> no, it doesn't go away. Yeah. And I think yeah. that the common denominator in both of those paths is just yeah. the caregiving aspect, you know, and the healing um, nature of it. I'm really curious because we have a lot of listeners that may be having a side hustle, but they still have a consistent nine to five job or a part-time mm -hmm. job until like their business gets off the ground. And I'm wondering from your aspect of having many years in a standard kind of conventional position like nursing, how did you know and what kind of moxie did you have to like muster up to say, you know what, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to take this big leap. It takes a yeah. lot of bravery. So was there kind of a fork in the road where you just knew or you just were yeah. like, I don't really know, but I'm going to jump anyway? There was a fork in the road. And I, I, a lot of it had to do with the fact that, uh, and I, without getting into it too much, but psychiatric nursing in Vermont is, is a pretty dangerous job, actually. Um, there are a lot of laws and rules around when you can medicate people that might be a little more assaultive and that sort of thing. And I had one. Uh, when I came home after very nearly being assaulted and, and I was just like, I'm too old for this. I can't, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I was just so um, enthralled with what at that point I had become uh, gotten certified in aromatherapy. And it really was just a conversation with my husband to see if, 
you know, if, if we, I could make this jump and if we could manage it financially, I think resources, financial resources is a barrier for a lot of people. I mean, that's just the reality. I mean, we, I had to leave my hospital position. We had to make other arrangements for health insurance coverage. And it was a big deal, but it was at a point where I was working so much in the hospital setting that I couldn't, I couldn't do what I really, really wanted to do is there just weren't enough hours in the day. And and so it was at that point where a a switch just kind of went off and said, I just, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I want to do this. This is what I'm being called to do. That's amazing. I have the chills because it takes so much bravery. And I also think that sometimes it takes something as dramatic as what you just mentioned, because a lot of the little things we tend to just tolerate, you know, whether it's kind of like a boss that we don't get along with or a soul sucking, you know, sucking kind of like tasks that we just know that's not where I'm getting fulfilled. Like, but we tolerate it many times. Mm -hmm. So I think that kick in the butt of like, oh my gosh, like it was such a turnaround for you that there was no questioning. And I I, I really, I love that. I love that you listened to that. And um, it sounds that your, like your partner was really supportive in that, which I think is is a key to this as well. Yeah. I I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't have done it without my husband's support. There's no question. Uh, It's, it, you know, really the reality is I started the, the retail business about three years ago and, you know, the first year there was no taking a paycheck. You know, there was, and it's still to a very large degree, any money that's coming in with, um, you know, we've got two active retail sites. Uh, We have, uh, during my course of learning about plant medicine, uh, I learned about CBD, which is cannabidiol from um, the industrial hemp plant. And and it's all the rage in Vermont right now, but I discovered it about three years ago before anybody really had even heard of it, Mm -hmm. knew intuitively and you're looking at the research that this was going to be a big deal. Absolutely. And you're a recent graduate from the University of Vermont for the cannabis and medicine studies. So that's amazing. I I really give you so much credit for that because I think that especially with things that aren't necessarily licensed or governed, you Mm -hmm. have many people that are going the route of, you know, like reading a book or going to a workshop Mm -hmm. and then putting a shingle out. So I really want to lift you up for the level of education and seriousness that you take. Not only do you have 500 plus hours of aromatherapy um, education under your belt, but also taking that next step to learn about cannabis and what that could do to enhance your practice. Well, it, it became fairly obvious that uh, it, was an, it was a question of ethics. You know, the thing is, there's so much misinformation out there about essential oil therapies, and there's a lot of misinformation about CBD. It's kind of like the Wild West out there. It is. It is. It's going to get worse. Like, I'm still confused. You know, I really am. Like, and and I also studied aromatherapy from uh, the same place that you studied from. So, you know, the essential oil piece, I feel very grounded. But CBD, I'm still like, I haven't been in that realm. And I think you're right. There's so much information unless you really go to a very specific organization and get the background. In fact, I was on your website and I was like, Vermont full spectrum, super critical CBD CO2. I'm like, okay. What? <laughs> I have to like ask her about that because if someone just lands on your site and they see yeah. that mouthful, um, yeah. how do you go to into detail to explain to somebody um, for something that is pretty technical? It, it is. I mean, we found common language. Uh, first of all, taking the University of Vermont certification course was key. Uh, I needed 
to prove to myself and to be able to illustrate to my customers and to my staff the, uh, the importance of education and being able to bring this evidence-based information to people in ways that are accessible. And so I took this information, but then I also trained my staff. I've got six staff right now, and they're all trained. I, I'll, I bring all of this information to them so they can carry on these conversations too. And we've discovered how to use certain language that, um, well, first of all, when customers come in or call, we'll do just like an initial assessment. Like, well, what do you know about CBD or or essential oils, whatever it is we're talking to them about, and just kind of get a baseline of where they're at. And then you put them where they're at. Some people come in and they already have some good baseline knowledge. Uh, And then you take it from there because you don't want to condescend to them. Nobody wants to be condescended to. Um, and then there's some people that are going to come in there like CB what CBG CB <laughs> and that's you start that conversation in a very different place. Mm. That's important to meet people where they are. It's so important. I think that takes a lot of wisdom to even get there because um, I think especially when someone is excited about information, there's a tendency to bulldoze, you know, or t- tendency to kind of prove and speak over. So mm-hmm. that meeting your customer or client right where they are, I think is a special gift. And I also think it it really says a lot about the person speaking that they're really about education and making yeah. sure that that information be assimilated. I know when I had the great fortune to visit your yeah, um, that's great. in Vermont, it was so welcoming, and um, I just truly enjoyed it. But that sense of education was really steeped in your space. It was so much more than a retail store. And as I was leaving, there was like a whole family coming in that you were going to be having like this little consultation with. And I thought, this is pretty powerful. This isn't just like buy a product, you know, or like have a headache, take an Advil. Like it, it, it's this very holistic thing. I was very touched that the whole family came to support the individual that was in pain. Yes. It's yeah. really cool. It's very cool. And, and that's, that's another thing. We do a lot of one-to-one education, but we do a lot of workshops. I do workshops every month um, that are extremely well attended. And, and education is as much a priority as sales. And I, I tell that to my, my staff. We don't pressure people to buy things. If they're still in a contemplative stage, um, we point them in the direction of different resources that they can check out, particularly with CBD, because we really want our customers to make informed decisions. And uh, we also, in fact, I just got some feedback from our space. We get feedback from customers and somebody mentioning uh, just this morning how they appreciated that we, we, we helped them find a product, but it wasn't necessarily the most expensive product mm. that worked for them that they could support in their budget. And that's part of meeting people where they are, is to understand that we're all coming from different places. We all have different needs. Um, and and, and, uh, and that conveys respect to them. And, and that, that will keep them coming back. That will keep them uh, from continuing to tell their friends about, about, about you and what you're doing. Absolutely. I think that that continues in the vein of empowerment. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really interesting to see that continuum coming from the nasal inhalers, you know, and the hospital all the way through to education. um, And also really looking at sales as a service, you know, and as a relationship. And I would guess that that's Mm -hmm. probably a big contributor to um, your second location. It is. I would love to hear about that because um, it seems like there's lots of these incremental steps of you pushing yourself outside of a comfort zone to continue growing. (laughs) 
It's um, it's constant. Yeah, <laughs> the, the constant coming up against walls. Where I think the key for me lately has been to give myself permission to not be good at everything. Mm, amen. You know, I uh, there are certain things like uh, as an example, I've I've finally hired a bookkeeper. You know, I I can kind of do it sort of. I don't like doing it. I don't like dealing with the money piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, there are people that are much better at it than I am. You know, I, I you know, in the last month, I've noticed like, like a few invoices that haven't been paid from months earlier that I didn't catch and, and that sort of thing. And I, I think with growth, you have to bring a certain humility to it and understand that they're going to be, you're going to reach a point where, you know, maybe you could have printed your own labels, but really it makes sense to have a graphic designer do it and give you a professional look and, Absolutely. And no, no, understand your limits and to be okay with that and not see needing help from people with other areas of, as of expertise is some sort of uh, shortcoming on your part because it's not, it's just part of That is such a powerful tip. I think that, um, you know, if solopreneurs starting out just kind of had that in their mind. In fact, mm-hmm. this similar thing came up with a couple of clients this week where we were talking about zone of genius. And this totally reminds me of that where, you know, where are you best kind of showing up, feeling kind of in alignment, feeling that that's your superpower and what can you release for right. all the kind of mundane tasks that maybe drain you or don't give you that kind of sense of security. And it was really interesting because after these calls, you know, I had them kind of rate the week before, like, what percentage do you feel you were in your zone of genius? And Mm. one came back with 10% and one came back with 30% because it's just not something that's in our head, you know? And I think when we bring that to the front and center, everything can change. So I love that you mentioned that, like numbers don't really juice me up. Like that's not your creative zone of genius. And to be able to outsource that, I think is a really powerful thing. I'm wondering at what point of your business did you have that mindset? Because as we start out, we're kind of like the cook chief and bottle washer, you know, designing on a dime and and thinking we can do it all because we have to. At what point can you kind of reflect back that you thought, you know what? I'm more effective over here and it's time. Right. Well, I think with the, the, the first thing was the retail space and realizing that I can't be in my retail space all the time. And when I'm taking care of customers day in and day out, that doesn't leave room to do anything else, like do research and development. I love, I love making new products and I love teaching you know, that's, that, that's what juices me up. You know, I like that. But when I was doing retail all the time by myself, there's no time for that. So what was wonderful is I started to make these wonderful hires. I have, uh, and that's been like a very important thing for me is to make sure that anybody that I bring into my business is uh, very clear about what our vision is, clear about the kind of energy that I want people bringing into the job. Um, I'm very clear with my expectations with people who are coming into my my business, into my space as to what what I need from them and what they can expect from me. And it from getting people in and, and slowly making a few of these hires and realizing that they some of these tasks they do better than I do. Mm. I mean, I'm and and to to realize I can start letting go of some of the reins and not feeling like I need to control stuff so much. Doesn't mean that I'm not paying attention as like say I have two people doing production now. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go a week at a time and not step foot in that uh, production space. I know that 
they're doing a great job. I mean, I still do quality control to make sure that things are, um, the, the products are the way they're supposed to be, but, um, being able to kind of let that go and trust that the people that you've trained and brought into your circle are going to do the job that you don't like be hovering over them all the time, which in the beginning was sort of my tendency. And I I let go of that really quickly that micromanaging, as long as you have good people who are well-trained that are conscientious, you can let that go. And Mm -hmm. you can, you absolutely can. But I think that some of the key points that, that I'm picking up, especially because I've had experience with having 25 employees in my gourmet foods business is the fact that you shared your vision. Well, step back one, that you even had a vision, you know, that we're not just flying by the seat of our pants, but that we're really clear about our mission, our why, our vision, and that you shared it. And not only Mm -hmm. did you share it, you kind of, it sounds like you got an agreement from people that were interested to represent you, that they were on board with that vision. And so that right off the bat is huge. And then the flip of that is the foundation of education. Like, this is what we do here. And let me show you and let me share what I just learned so you can be that really good reflection of me because that's really how we have these long-standing relationships is that trust factor, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to health and when it comes to something like CBD where, like you said, there's so much information out there, when you Mm -hmm. have someone that you can trust, like anybody that I have come to me about CBD, I'm like, you need to go to Lauren, you know? I have a client that wants to do a CBD brownie. And I was like, you need to go to Lauren. You know, it's like, I already, I already know because your integrity is just so radiant. And I just know like, why would I send them anywhere else? You know? Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally the truth. I would love to hear since you've had several years of business experience now, um, what stumbling block have you kind of come up against either in business or in life? Because that's just life that, um, that you kind of had a traverse or kind of come overcome through these years. A couple of things stand come to mind. Uh, I, before having my own business, there were days when I needed to be, you know, productive, whatever that means. And I would have a to-do list. And then you just, by the end of the day, everything's off the to-do list. And, and that feels really good. Uh, one thing I discovered early on as an entrepreneur is that the to-do list never ends. It never ends. Mm-hmm. And that caused me a lot of anxiety in the beginning because I'm thinking, why am I I'm not productive enough? I'm not, why am I not getting this stuff done? And then I really realized very quickly that, uh, I needed to get out of that mindset uh, very quickly or I would, I would burn out. And because it's not realistic when you have your own business to, to have a finished up to-do list, uh, it, it's constantly changing and evolving. The reality is some tasks you can do very quickly and some tasks take months. And yes. so that, that was a big hurdle for me. And then, you know, things will come up sometimes, things that I thought I dealt with in therapy years ago, you know, around self-doubt Sometimes something will come up in my head. It's an old message that who knows where I got it from a teacher, from somebody. It's like, oh, you're no good with money. Oh, you can't do that. You're not that organized. Or like some of these negative old messages that are just complete baloney. Mm -hmm. No, and I think it takes, it's important to have a level of insight to understand when those messages come through that they can be real barriers to your growing. It's just, you need to challenge those thoughts and, and, put them into perspective and realize most of those negative thoughts that you have about yourself are just probably not true at all. Yeah. And do you have a technique 
that you use or that you draw on because those mm-hmm. automatic negative thoughts can creep up thousands of times during the day. In fact, I, yeah. I read a study that we have 80% of those ants or automatic negative thoughts um, that we had yesterday, we have again today. So wow. it's almost like this is not a one and done, but it's a daily practice because I think that you hit that so on the head. Many times the stumbling blocks that I see with businesses trying to grow or entrepreneurs, especially women, you know, yeah. they have that self-doubt and that fear of putting themselves out there. And they're usually passionate creatives that are mm-hmm. so far beyond um, talented, but they can't see it. So I'm wondering do you have a technique or a tip or a meditation that you draw on when those little gremlins kind of come up and try to sit on your shoulder? Really, it's, it's, and it's something that I would teach my psych patients. It's, it's something we call thought blocking. Mm-hmm. When, and the, the more you do it, and uh, the easier it gets and the less you find these intrusive thoughts creeping in. As soon as one comes in, you, you say, stop. Where is this coming from? This is not true. You know, just... Own, recognize it, own it, and turn it around. And you might, in the beginning, that might be something that you do with some frequency. And if it's, you know, if it's really deep-seated, it's okay to be able to go and talk about it with somebody, you know, maybe a counselor or something like that. If you've got a, a trauma history or a, a history that's negatively affected your sense of self, your self-esteem, sometimes there's deeper work that needs to happen there, and that's okay. Um, give yourself permission to do that if that's what you need to do. But I, I personally have found that the thought blocking um, strategy is very, very helpful. And um, I, it's very rare at this point that these negative thoughts creep in with me anymore. Sometimes awesome. stress, you know, I might, it might be its ugly head, but it's, I think I've got that under control. And I think anybody, if I can, you can. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love that you said the permission piece. I think it very much parallels the humility aspect, you know, knowing that you can't be everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. You can't know everything. Yeah. You can't be the best at everything. Laying yeah. down that ego and saying, you know what, this feels so heavy for me to carry by myself. Maybe I'll get yeah. some outside counseling to help me with this if it really starts to become repetitive mm-hmm. or holding you back from kind mm-hmm. of reaching your goals. So that's really, really powerful. That's, I'm so, so happy that you shared that. That's amazing. So what exciting things do you have coming up in, in your world? I know the second location, which is really thrilling. How is that going for you? It's good. I mean, I, I think there were some people questioning my judgment because in, in a way that, uh, I, my second store is really close in proximity to my second, my first store. Uh I mean, they're five miles apart. Uh, but I was approached by, you know, malls or places that are really need revitalization. And we're, we've got this mall where a lot of people in the towns of Barrie and Northfield and Berlin, they do shop there. And I was offered, they recruited me and they offered me a very low rent to come in for six months to see how it goes. And it was like, I can do anything for six months. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also me understanding that there's a very different demographic in the Montpelier uh, market where my first store is in this Berlin mall market, they're just, these are uh, shoppers that don't tend to cross over. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's been extremely true. Uh, so um, people are definitely finding us uh, and it's this store is holding its own. Uh, it's not obviously nearly as busy as our, our, um, our really busy. I'm so thrilled to say. Um, amazing. But, yeah. 
And so we'll see, you know, we'll go through the holiday at the mall, we'll see how it goes, and then I'll make a decision after six months as to whether or not I want to continue. Um, And I like that a lot. I love that you gave yourself a parameter, you know, and also just the like, why not let's try it and then we'll measure results and we get to decide. Um, I think that that's such a powerful piece because I think one of the things that hold people back is like that fear of failure or also that idea that if they commit to something, it's like, I'm going to be in it until I die. But I think that like successful entrepreneurs know that you can pivot and you can pivot again and you can pivot again if you need to. And that's success. You know, Mm -hmm. even if we're not hitting the metrics, um, having that power within you to just say, yep, we tried it, didn't work, you know, and go from there. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering from an education or sales standpoint, if you had to adjust your methodology or the way that you approached it with the new demographic being that they were new to this kind of alternate uh, modality. A little bit, you know, I, as far as products go, uh, we brought in some more, like I would say, typically mainstream products mm-hmm. at the store. Uh, whereas the Montpelier store, the first store, there's less body care products and more like uh, herbal remedies and things like that. We get a little bit more into the herbalism piece in the Montpelier market because there are people there that will support that. Whereas at the mall uh, setting, not so much. Um, mm-hmm things like expanded on gifty things like jewelry or, and, and brought in more mainstream foams and body washes and things like that, that I think have, will be better received up there. And so we'll see, we'll see so far. Um, I think my intuition has been right based on the sales that we're seeing. That's so exciting. I mean, the three things that I walked out my little shopping bag when I was in your store was yeah. a diffuser, a CBD chocolate truffle box, mm. and the Neroli Pedigree shampoo and conditioner. So I'm thinking like the Berlin Mall would like eat up all those products, which oh, those. I yeah. absolutely love them. I was so sad when my shampoo and conditioner ran out. <laughs> divine. So I definitely need to hop on your website and check that out again. Where can people find you? If they're shopping online, like we well, do. online, okay. one thing um, we do telephone orders only at this point. It's been interesting selling CBD online. It's been very challenging, um, actually a huge source of frustration, um, trying to find a payment platform that will deal with CBD. Um, even on state levels, there's still a lot of confusion on a federal level. Uh, so we have, we do have a very active online business to the point where I, I think I need to start designating an individual person to just deal with online orders every day. We've reached a point uh, where it's maybe necessary to do that, which is fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. But uh, the reality is you have to call in, which is less convenient for some people. Um, and then we're also finding that some of our regular customers are actually really liking it because you're talking to an actual human being. Yeah. And in some ways, it's been really nice to actually talk to people on the phone and get their feedback and hear their testimonials because it, we hear positive testimonials every day on how and the CBD is working. And that's sort of like what propels us every day is just, that's the best part of the job. Because yeah, absolutely. I, I thought about yeah. that, like how fulfilling it is to know you're making such a big difference and the ripple effect 
you yes. know, in the world. Yeah. It's just amazing. Um, for you, like, even though you're in the healing arena and your background is so into that um, vein, what do you do mm-hmm. to prevent burnout? You know, because as you said, there's so many details. The to-do list never ends. What do you personally find are like effective strategies that you can just keep the balance? That can be a little challenging. I, I, I'm doing better with that now that I can delegate things to people. That's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So yes. Not have to do everything. Uh, but it's taken a while to get my business to a point where that's possible. It might, that might, it balances, I think, harder to find in the beginning when you're getting things going because you do have to do everything. Uh, and for me, I, I am fairly introverted and uh, the, the older I get, the more introverted I become and realize that I need time to do work by myself and not have anybody around me except maybe my dogs, you know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my mornings are pretty sac- sacrosanct for me. Uh, my staff, we text in the morning and talk about to-do lists and that sort of thing first thing in the morning. But after that, they pretty much know they're not going to hear from me until afternoon. And the mornings are my time to do administrative work, ordering, that sort of thing, away from the hustle and bustle of the stores or the production space. And um, I think it's been very important for my uh, overall well-being to be able to create that time and space every morning to do that. Amazing. Yeah. And occasional things like getaways, you know, uh, take a vacation for, you know, do it. Yeah. Where have you been recently that has just been like, ah, this is awesome. We went to, my husband and I went to Portland, Oregon. Hmm. We've been to the West Coast. And so we just explored... Oregon for a little over a week and we had a blast. It was just, and I was really able to let go and I wasn't even looking at sales numbers or anything while I was gone. It was just so great. Awesome. Uh, and refreshed and, you know, just doing that. And um, I find that uh, educational events, very targeted educational opportunities uh, really make me feel enthusiastic. It's sort of like a shot in the arm. Where you- I agree. Being with like-minded people, I think it just really, it just keeps the momentum and the motivation going. It, it sounds like such a good plan. I, I really, I like that you do the checkpoint with your staff and then you have carved out that space. And then also knowing um, the difference between being an introvert and needing that time to kind of draw it back in to charge up your battery, fill your cup up. It's yeah. really powerful. So this is awesome. So your website is aeromedofv.com. Yeah. But people sometimes, oh, I dropped something, sorry, um, get confused with my name. It's, it's Aeromed. It was funny. We came up with the name. I was uh, taking a teacher training course with Andrea Bouget at Aroma Head Institute. And we had some time and I was, you know, Andrea was just like, what, what what do you guys need help with right now? What do you want? And I was like, I can't come up with a name. And of course I'm coming at it from a very medical background. And, and so my friend Renessa just said, well, how about Aeromed? Just combine aromatic medicine, A-R-O-M-E-D, aromatic therapy. And I was like, that's perfect because it really describes what we're doing here. We're, we're working with aromatic medicine. And so it's, um, a, but people mess it up. They call it aroma med and, Oh, <laughs> Aromed. It's A R O M E D O F V T dot com. And yeah, check out my website and uh, or you can email me at Lauren, L A U R E N, at aromedofvt.com. That's awesome. That's so exciting. I, I love your logo. I mean, it just really demonstrates kind of the, 
the up level, you know, that it is far beyond just like a lavender selling sachet. Like it really has evoked the message that it is a natural plant-based medicine. I know you bring in all organic, agritically certified or wild crafted, um, sustainable products. So I think that that, that message comes through your brand very, very clear. And so for the folks that are in your backyard, what is something exciting that's coming up on the docket? Like, do you have a workshop that's kind of like front and center or a new product that's going to be launching in 2019? What do you have coming up? Well, it's interesting. I, I have in the fall, I do a lot of educational stuff, but as we approach the holidays, um, that's one of those things that I need to do. To, to, I, I, I'm not doing a whole lot of teaching over the holidays because because we're just so busy filling orders and and, and manning the retail stores at this point. Um, I think the thing that I've got I'm most excited about though is uh, the the I have a CBD aromatics line. We're trademarking that name, and it's this line of uh, CBD products that we we combine CBD with high terpene essential oils that target certain body systems, and we have roll on relieving topicals and we have uh, tinctures and bath oils and facial serums. This line of CBD aromatics is, it's completely taking off. Uh, And it's, it's, uh, I see what I'm most excited about is seeing where this, this brand is going to go. Wow. That's amazing. I have a question for you for our listeners. I'm thinking like for our audience going, what's a terpene, you know, essential oil. Could you give an example of something that has terpene and then also maybe just explain a smidge of that chemical constituent for folks that are. Yeah. I mean like one of, one of our uh, CBD tinctures that we did for under the tongue application. Uh, CBD under the tongue is very effective because we have the capillaries in the mouth that absorb the CBD and it goes right into the bloodstream rather rapidly before it, you know, it doesn't take a run through the liver before it hits the bloodstream. So the the under the tongue application is really good. And so we have different flavors of different ones. Like as an example, we have a lemon lime uh, that's really popular. It really tastes good. And, uh, Lemon lime, both lemon and lime are citruses that are very high in a chemical constituent called D-lemonine. D-lemonine is fantastic for the immune system. It activates white blood cells in the body. It's naturally uh, energizing and uplifting, uh, as we know citruses can be. And it's really, there's that chemical constituent that is working on the nervous system to create these feelings and working with the immune system to help us stay healthy um, so that's an example of one of my favorite chemical constituents. That's amazing. And so um, you mentioned the CBD aromatics uh, line mm-hmm. is going to be more topical. So in a nutshell, could you give one kind of factor that would be different for a CBD ingestible versus a mm-hmm. CBD topical? Yeah, CBD topicals are used primarily for skincare, skin issues like uh eczema. We've had some success with people with psoriasis, which is really hard. To Amazing. Edge. Yeah. In combination with appropriate essential oils, of course, I think that's kind of our niche is that when I started selling CBD, I saw a lot of things on the market from the West coast. And I was just like, this doesn't be our standard at all. And they, other companies really weren't incorporating essential oils very well um, to increase efficacy. And I thought, well, I can do better than this. And so, uh, we did. <laughs> so cool. Uh, the, the, so the top of, and topicals are excellent for pain reduction too. We have a, this relief lotion that, I mean, if you go and read reviews, people are reviewing that all day long. It's, it's, uh, it's really helping with pain reduction. Uh, but if you really want systemic 
anti-inflammatory responses because that's what CBD really at, is at its core. We have these um, CB1 and CB2 receptors throughout our bodies, our brains, our tissues, our organs, our skin, and the cannabinoids like CBD work um, indirectly on those receptors um, to basically decrease inflammation. And so we're seeing this huge uh, variety of illnesses that are being very beautifully uh, um, helped uh, with CBD, like irritable bowel syndrome, migraines, fibromyalgia, seizures, wow. Parkinson's. And if you have a serious medical issue like that, under the tongue application makes more sense because you're going to get more of a systemic response. I'm so glad you explained that because I think that clarity um, can just help people immensely. So you are a delight. I wish I could speak to you Thanks. for hours and hours. I know that I could. <laughs> this is like right up my alley. I'm so interested in what you do. I I'm, I'm totally believe in your mission. So thank you so, so, so very much for, for taking thank time to, to meet with me. You've given a slew of inspiration and practical tips and then also the education piece on the CBD. So I really appreciate it. Thanks, Casey. It was my pleasure. Uh, all right. Take good care. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.